Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the DMP Podcast, episode 32. On tonight's episode, we've got Marvel's Ant-Man. Ant-Man. That's right. Ant-Man. 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 Which we've obviously been talking about the last... Well, with great apprehension, I think, um, about whether (laughs) it was actually going to be any good, uh, given the fact that it's gone through multiple... Uh, creators and writers and different kind of incarnations and um, yeah we're going to talk about the resulting product tonight Um, but to lay it down for you if you haven't watched it and bearing in mind this is going to be filled with spoilers and naturally talking about credits and all that kind of fun stuff that Marvel likes to put into their stuff so you've been warned so here's the spoiler wall Mm. (laughs) the spoiler wall going up that was like the smallest wall ever. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, I think I get it. Right. There's a great wall of spoilers going up. Anyway, so now that it's up, you've got to listen. Uh, Ant-Man is basically uh, the latest addition to the Marvel Universe um, and centers on uh, Scott Lang, isn't it? Not... Hank Pym. Yeah, it's got like yeah, it's got like well, and Hank Pym in a degree. In a degree, yeah. Um, focuses on well, yeah, Scott Lang, who is a reformed criminal trying to get out of the game, and he he basically is wrapped back up into it uh, in order to kind of um, to maintain seeing his daughter and save the world and all that kind of garbage. Um, it's got uh, what have we got? Uh, we got Paul Rudd. Uh, uh, Corey Stoll Corey Stoll um, Evangeline Lilly yep uh, Michael Douglas um, if you're familiar with it it, <coughs> it went through like originally it was supposed to be directed by Edgar Wright as well as written um, and then it went through some uh, relatively worrying um, creative differences which I think all of us kind of said it probably had something to do with Edgar Wright wanting to do it as a separate entity and not involve any of the any of the Marvel yeah. yeah. And um, but the resulting product is actually a lot better than I expected it to be, which is great. Um, yep. And I, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our thoughts. So, Tom, let's start with you. What did you think? That fucking train. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, like, like, you think they'd give away every like the best bit in the whole movie in the trailer, but they don't. Which is the Thomas the Tank Engine trains like Psychag and oh, I think it broke me. But the movie itself was fantastic. I reckon everyone that I went and saw it with were like, "Oh, it's 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 the best one yet." But they said that about Avengers, and yeah, <laughs> we know how that turned out. And then they tried to say it was better than Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's where I drew the line. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you push. No, yeah, you pushing it. Like it's it's a very good movie. It's probably the best. I reckon it's their best standalone superhero origin story that they've done since probably the first Iron Man. Yeah. Like Captain America, the first Avenger was uh, was very good, but I think Ant Man just blew it out of the water because it was very self contained, even though it took place in a bigger world. Well, so, like, I, I, you had I the think fa- the the best choice that they made. I think, Tom, you and I were talking about this. The best choice that they made in the film was to make it a heist movie rather than just burying it in, like, you know, in the original Iron Man, it's, oh, he's made a suit, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, it, it's There's like... similar kind of parallels to Iron Man. Obviously, there's a technology that's trying to be harmed mm. by a, a villain. Um, but the actual overall 
movie is about a heist and it's actually really well played out and that that's the strength of it i think that makes it more interesting than than the first avenger than thor um it's a lot more low-key like it's not on a huge scale it's just yeah like you said it's just like a small it feels like a small heist movie um you know that's kind of really kind of limited to like that city um rather than you know this kind of larger global scale that like a lot of the other kind of origin stories are set yeah yeah that, yeah it's that's like, no, thing goes, winter like, soldier was a political thriller mm. and it's like anyway like but it, it involved superheroes yet it was still essentially just a heist movie and that was fantastic yeah it, it, it made it, me want to watch oceans 11 that's that's it well i mean like if a, if a heist film is done well it's usually like the, the best part is the is the payoff because you usually are going to get a solid payoff in terms of the heist being successful, you know, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and everyone plays a everyone does a really good job. Like uh, my favorite part of the movie in terms of a character would be Michael Pena's character <coughs> because he's just like he's I don't know if <laughs> fucking high, but. He just, he's so good. It, that, those sequences with Michael Pena, like, the, the theatre were in stitches when we went and saw it. It was, it was so funny because, yeah, I don't know, he's just, he's so positive. It's just so over the top. Like, the, it, like, I think the best example of that is, like, I think it's just, he's just picked up um, Scott Lang from prison and he gets asked about his van and then he's just like, oh yeah, my mum died, dad got deported, my sister's disappeared. I got the van already. He, he says it's, <laughs> he's so, so upbeat and so happy. Like, he's so glad to have that van. It's just like, what? The, <laughs> you can't help but laugh. Or the, or the, the running joke that Baskin and Robbins always finds out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baskin and Robbins is actually, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot of... Like, the supporting cast is really solid. Evangeline Lilly is really good as Hope. Um, and the whole reveal with Wasp, uh, with the credits, we'll get to that a bit later, was, I, I, I lost it, kind of. Um, uh, Michael Douglas does a really good job. Like, Michael Douglas doesn't seem like he's just phoning it in and he's looking for a paycheck. He actually seems to actually enjoy playing Hank Pym. Did you guys kind of get a similar yeah. vibe yeah. from that? Yeah. There you go, Tim. What? Oh, no, I was just agreeing. Yeah, I, I really, I, I thought he, like, he fit, um... Hank Pym, like, as the character really well, mm. uh, you know, they kind of, I mean, you kind of look at all other movies where they have, like, this kind of old scientist kind of role, and it's usually always comes down to, like, the same one, like, um, uh, like in Batman, or, um, was it, like, M- Morgan Freeman, like, that kind of character, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it was good actually seeing, like, a refreshing face for once. And I have to say, the CG they did on him in the opening scene, which was a bit... I, I was actually honestly surprised that... Because I completely forgot that Hayley Atwell and John Slattery were, were reprising their roles as Howard Stark and Petty, Peggy Carter. Oh, see that? I, I was... I didn't yeah. even hear about that. So as soon as they opened up that, like, the, as the opening scene, I was like, holy crap, this yeah. like this, is, this works really, really well. Yeah, it was it was really good. And they looked... All of them looked really good. <laughs> like, mm. Michael Douglas, the yeah. CG... Dude, they did the, on the CG on him was phenomenal. Yeah. I um, think... I was reading about that yesterday. I think it was the guys that did Skinny, Skinny Steve. Yeah, in, in, first in the first Soldier. Yeah, first fucking. Avenger, that sounds like the lamest version of Captain America. Captain America, <laughs> the first Soldier. 
the first soldier. Well, he is the first. He's the first super soldier. Yeah, but the first soldier is like sounds like the most boring fucking movie ever. Yeah. Um. No, like I really enjoyed. I I, I really enjoyed Michael Douglas in it, and I think they did the right thing to go with um Scott Lang as the main character and have Hank Pym as the the mentor, the mentor kind of character because. If you, if you, if someone was to go read about the comic history of Hank Pym, you know he's not the family friendly friendly kind of character, and they actually translated that aspect of his character into the comic in, into the film, like in one scene where he's like he's arguing with Hope, and you just hear him the shatter out and all that kind of stuff and whatnot. But yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised with um, Paul Rudd. Like when I first heard that he was cast as like Ant Man, I was like, "Oh, great!" Like, you know, he normally just does those like kind of they're gonna fuck up. <laughs> yeah, trashy kind of comedy movies. Um, and then like you know, now they've kind of signed him in to always have been playing Ant Man as well. Um, he you know, fits they, well. Like, but like it actually worked really, really well. Like he actually did it really, really well. Mm. Especially that sequence yeah, yeah. with Falcon over the Avengers base, which was, again, was a really nice little plot twist. I love how they tied that in. Yeah. Like, that was just phenomenal. Like, it was still like, a, you know, like what was said earlier, like, it's still like a really kind of um, smallly scoped film. Um, but then, like, it still takes place in the, in the, in you know, the wider world, yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, like, all the events that have happened, they've still referenced as well. Like, you know, it's, I just like how they're tying it all in together. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to take that to see Age of Ultron. So he's like, "Why do the Avengers have their own base now?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> you, you've scrubbed that memory so hard. <laughs> but that was yeah, a, that kinda. was a good twist, though. Like, I I had the Falcon cameo spoiled for me by a trailer, which really pissed me off. But then I yeah. thought, did they? Because I actually honestly thought that, that that what they showed in that trailer was. Like everything. In credit scene. Oh, true. And I thought, oh, you know yeah. what? That makes sense in the credit scene. And I thought, but why would they show that? Because people, one of the biggest draws for the Marvel films these days is the credit, yes. like the post-credit stuff. Yeah. But wasn't that trailer like for like Spain or something? Oh, it may have been. I'm not 100% sure, but it showed up on my Facebook feed as I was scrolling well, maybe through. Well, maybe it was it like, I remember like the first trailer with him with footage of him in it was like for Spain or something mm. but it might have been like a TV spot as well that, oh, yeah actually it might have been a TV spot because I remember you talked to me about it uh, ages ago when we were playing Batman probably um, yep. I wanted to talk about uh, the one relatively large letdown about the movie which is Corey Stoll um, as Darren Cross Hey, at least he didn't have a wig this time. <laughs> oh, don't even fucking start me on that. Unless, unless, unless it was a bald cap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's naturally bald. But I, I went to see this with my brother, and my brother's watched The Strain as well. And heads up at home, if you're listening, my brother watched three episodes of The Strain and then stayed up all night because he couldn't sleep because he was afraid that he was going to get eaten by... Corey Stoll. Yeah. yeah, by Corey Stoll. And his it hair. wasn't afraid of the monsters. No, just it was Corey, Corey Stoll's Stoll. fucking wig. Um, and it's like, um, it's like that episode of The Simpsons where um, Homer gets Snake Snake's wig yeah. that makes him into like a criminal, <laughs> and like the, the wig gets a mind of its own. <laughs> oh, good times, dickhead. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about maybe just maybe in a general sense. 
about the villain problem that Marvel has currently. Um, because Corey Stoll, I think... It, I, the problem I had with Darren Cross is that it was kind of a mix of Corey Stoll's, like... Not he's not he's not the greatest of actors, but also the writing for him is not very good at all. Um, and so they kind of justify his extravagance when he gets extravagant, um, and he's over the top kind of shit because he's been using the yellow jacket, which, ba- like, which because they said it fucks with your mind or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, the, the, um, the pin I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of how they kind of just wrote that in as like playing easy. it off. Yeah, like oh yeah, it just manipulate some chemical in your brain and then they made an offhand remark that like um has already got too much like d- you know destabilability like in his head anyway and that's why he can't use it and i don't know yeah. i yeah. i kind of like yeah like the writing was shit for him but i kind of liked um how they made um darren cross into almost like the mirror image of hank pym if he was to continue using the ant-man suit and continue his research in the pin particles and all that kind of stuff and whatnot because he, like, you'd note how um, he get like Hank Pym gets angry whenever people try to replicate that formula and all that. And then he's talk he talks about how like if you keep using it, if he keeps using it, he'll um, like he's he'll go mad and that's why he stopped being <coughs> Ant Man back in the sixties or whatever. Yeah, he, he did mention that like he used it for way too long, kind of thing. Yeah, and that's like, why he can't do it anymore. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it was shit, but I, I did like how they kind of m- tried to at least Justify. make it seem like a mirror image of Hank Pym. Yeah. And, that, and the fact that Hank Pym, like, Hank Pym took him on as his protege and then kind of cast him aside and went and got someone else to be the Ant-Man, that kind of obviously ticked with his brain and set him off to, for the finale with the train and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But do you That's think, how, overall, though, Mar- like Marvel's handling of villains for a while now, it's pretty terrible. much until, uh, since Thor... If, if it's not, not Loki, good. it's fucking shit. And even then, Loki's starting to push it, because like uh, everyone loves Loki, was, uh, but that it's diminishing uh, returns at this point. Because <laughs> you see, like, he comes back for fucking this and that, and you're like, oh, cool, Loki's back. But... But they're having some serious issues. I don't know whether it's the casting or whether it's the writing, but they're having really bad issues with their villains, which makes me if. go instead of thinking, going into Marvel films and like basically one hundred percent loving it, you kind of come away with it and go, yeah, like that was a really good like Ant Man is a really good movie, but yeah, I think I I feel like they're more focusing on the heroes than the villains, so that like. Yeah. They'll write up the heroes really good and they'll be like, oh yeah, the villain, the heroes are awesome. Like, they do all this but, stuff see, and maybe, they just forget. Maybe that's intentional though. Maybe because, like, everything's leading up to Civil War and Thanos. And maybe but that's when everything's like, supposed to be. Yeah. But you know, it really should guns. I guess. It shouldn't be like that. To be like, it, yeah, see, like, no, yeah, no, it, it shouldn't. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the Avengers problem, how they had the Thor Ragnarok, like, set up kind of crap, even though it didn't need to be in the movie at all. Yeah, like that was... yeah, you got to set up future stuff, and then yeah, you got like all these heroes that are going to be in this one Captain America movie where they're fighting each other. But you should be focusing on the movie that you're doing, not two movies from now, three movies but from I now. Think like you would probably have to put that on like Kevin Feige and Marvel itself going yeah. because it's not Peyton Reed or Adam McKay or whoever's fault going. Oh well, we oh. should throw in. Oh, just as an example for Ant Man, right? 
the Avengers references in the movie are they're they're nowhere near as bad as Iron Man two, where it actually is an ad for uh, for the Avengers. This is not an ad for that. It actually does its crossovers very very well. Yeah, and its references <clears throat> are more of kind of tongue in cheek. There's a they shit on Spider Man like at the end. Um, oh, like it, that that's was Spider Man. That was a pretty crazy burn. Um, Wait, what? Did you not? Did you you not, know when um, no, uh, yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah, at the end when um, Scott Lang's talking to old mate, and he's like, "What do you say?" And then he goes through like the whole our gallery. Then this guy was talking yeah, to this yeah, guy, yeah. and then it goes to um, Falcon and talking to that chick. And the chick's like, "We've got a guy that jumps, a guy that swings, and a guy that climbs up walls." Who do you think that is? Oh right, and, yeah, and okay. Spider Man. But the thing Legit is, I think lost it. people interpret it as like a burn because it's like, "Oh, we we don't care about Spider Man. It's Ant Man who we're looking for." Uh, like okay. but, people are just kind of interpreting it in that way, even though it's not like basically going, "Oh, Spider Man's fucking it. shit." It's more like, "Oh, yeah, like Spider Man's just over there. He's kind of an afterthought because Ant Man's like the thing." Well, to be honest, that that line was in the movie before the deal even happened. That's a good point. Well, do you know that though? I think they said it after oh, okay. the movie came out. All right, I wasn't 95%. sure. I wasn't sure. I thought they might have. Um, they they could have done pickups, very very like uh, when was the yeah. Marvel deal announced? It's February. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of time for pickups, but anyway. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk let's talk credits and then we'll wrap it up. Um, did you guys like the Wasp mid credit scene? I did. It was, um, it was interesting. I'm like, I don't know where they're going to actually go for that or how they're going to fit that in, but. I figure that she's going to factor in in Civil War. You reckon? Yeah, because, the uh, yeah well, Paul Rudd's going to be in. Yeah, I yeah. know that, but like, I always I thought um, that Ant-Man's screen time in Civil War was going to be pretty limited to begin with anyway, let alone factoring in another um, person they're going to introduce, I guess, within the movie kind of thing. Well, I mean, you could introduce... You could have a cameo from Ant-Man and Wasp because people... Like, the Ant-Man cameo would probably be more based around as a reward for those that have watched, like, Ant-Man. So, if you've watched Ant-Man, you know that Wasp exists. Yeah, 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 of course. So, I suppose... I mean, it's probably up to interpretation. Because I don't even remember if she's actually been cast or whatever in it. So, no. I might be wrong as well. Oh, the original I figured, Wasp. I figured in Civil... I figured there's so many fucking people going into Civil War at this point that... Yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, you, like it's not out of the, it's not like out it of the better be a three hour long movie I don't care just <laughs> I want it to be well that's that's the thing because that that sequence I got chills like our theater actually kind of like gasped gasped when they revealed the the wasp suit and I was like oh shit okay it was so obvious but I, I know it's it is <laughs> obvious but the theater kind of like had like an yeah. eruption because it's it's like it's, it's fan service at, at this point um, yeah but then. It had the post credits, which is almost less a, an actual trailer and more just kind of like a tonal taste of what Civil War is going to be like. Because yeah. I really like that post, the actual post post credit scene. Because yeah, the, with the soldier, the yeah, Civil War one, yep. And that's where it's like, but the actual tone of that seems like basically, you know, Cap's gone underground even further than Winter Soldier. It actually made me so much more excited for Civil War. And I'm already Agreed. excited for Civil War, given the fact that Winter Soldier, for me, is probably the best Marvel film that they've done. Um, 
like because I did a rewatch of like I watch rewatch Guardians and I rewatch Winter Soldier to kind of decide once and for all where they sit on in terms of and you realize Guardians is the best no Guardians is not it's <laughs> Guardians it's falls fantastic. flat because of Ronan but it's still an amazing film but anyway that's beside the point um that do you, do you think that post credit scene was like did you guys like that at all like yeah I loved it I, yeah. I thought it was really good and I, I just like it also made sense because like most post credit scenes kind of like um give you like a like a an offshoot to something else that might not be particularly related to that movie whereas the fact that he's like you know i think i know a guy you know i'm assuming means like you know it's you know for for people that didn't know that ant-man's going to be in civil war you know that like lets them know straight away (laughs) yeah yeah well, that's imp- that's what it's implied. I mean, the thing is, the, the line is very open, so it could be very well anyone. But for yeah. you, you, you would absolutely put money on it being, um, especially since like you know two scenes beforehand, it was when they had the yeah the whole you know the conversation yeah about yeah. I, I assume that conversation was about him joining the Avengers. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what I thought it was, at least. But yeah. Um. And then he's like, "Yes," and I'm. That fucking that conversation like got me so confused and I lo- like I lost po- track of what the conversation was about. <laughs> when he said yes, I was like, "What is he agreeing to?" And then I had to read about it. I'm like, "Oh, that's right, yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes." Um, but yeah, do you guys have any? Uh, do you want to, like any favorite sequences? And we'll all we'll give our ratings and then we'll wrap. Oh, up. The, the fight scene in the, in the bedroom was the best. Yeah. Like the the giant ant, and then yeah, um, and the cops like, "Damn, you guys got like a messed up dog." That's <laughs> <laughs> one messed up dog. Um, and then the, the, they rock, they rock up in the van as they say all the cops are like, "Back it up, back it up." Back yeah, it up, and they just and they just the, yeah the, the actual comedy beats in it like they're rock solid. Um, Oh. And it like, into it nicely. <laughs> I think one of, the, one of my favorite scenes is like um, when Hope goes to walk um, Scott out and um, <laughs> kissing and, the like, and then he's like, "Dude, Hope, what, what are you doing?" He's like, "You know, I got time for this." I got, I, and then, and then <laughs> they're just like, "You're full of shit, Scott." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "Yep." <laughs> um, I was surprised that they managed to keep that uh, bedroom scene like. The actual the Thomas gag in the actual trailer is really funny, but they just basically made it even better by making like an actual life size Thomas the Tank Engine ruin the house because it's so fucking funny. And then it just like it just like goes back to outside, and the, the train's still there, and the eyes are still They're like still moving. Back and, forth. <laughs> and the face, the, like because the Thomas the Tank Engine face is like in a permanent smile. You just see him like a being a smug bastard just in the front yard, just like and he's just smiling and it's like. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah it's good um yeah i think that uh, uh, like in terms of oh actually i wanted to also quickly say the box office for this is not good i figured this much it's currently it's sitting at 133 on 130 million dollar budget i reckon it's going to push 350 before it peters out that's it yeah. which is a bit well, which is it, which is a bit depressing but not overly surprising well, given the fact that the actual property is tiny no pun intended yeah. what what did the first Avenger make? That made around three fifty, didn't it? No, I'm pretty sure it was in the realm. It was in five three seventy. Three seventy on a hundred and forty million dollar budget. Oh, okay. Well, I, well, I suppose back then, though. Yeah. Consider the difference in success that Marvel's had. Yeah, but I, I but, it's a risk, and I think this is the kind of stuff that Marvel needs to continue to do. 
Yeah, well, the next yeah. risk is going to be Doctor Strange. Yeah. And then, and with their new timetable where they release, um, they release like a prop, like a franchise film, and then a the new film. I think they'll be covered if anything goes wrong. But still, you want them to succeed. So yeah, so do I. I don't think we're going to get a sequel, but I think this is good enough to set him up for appearances in obviously the crossover movies, and I think that's satisfying enough for me. There doesn't need to be a sequel for this. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's depressing to see that box office and then read that Jurassic World is the third highest grossing film of all time when it crossed the one point five billion dollar box office, oh take, which is fucking ridiculous. Oh! I could not. I, I can't believe that, but well, actually, before we like before we'll talk about that in a sec. I'll uh, just give you quick your ratings out of ten. Eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah, cool. Um, so we're going to wrap it up, uh, but I just want to say, if you're not sure, Jurassic World is now the third highest grossing movie of all time, uh, taking in the Avengers. Out. I think it's got like one point five one five billion dollars, which is a lot of unfucking believable. I I I cannot understand. How it is so popular, but it is so. Whatever. Which is a hell of a drug. What's what's yeah. the first two? Just out of curiosity, of Avatar and Titanic. And Titanic, James Cameron. Okay. Yep. James but Cameron. I reckon. I reckon Star Wars. I reckon that's going to be a contender. It before it bombs. Do, do you think it is though? I don't think it's going to push one point five. I well, I don't. I, don't I reckon it will. Just because I reckon, like, regardless if people think the movie is good or not after they've seen it. The fact is, people will see it just well, yeah. because it is that a Star Wars like, movie. That's like Jurassic World. Like, it's a good movie. Like, it's not the best movie, but it's a good movie. I think people are just going back for that nostalgia hit. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, but, and like, you yeah. know, it, you, like, you know, fingers crossed that it doesn't bomb, but I just think because the fact that, it, you know, that it is a Star Wars movie, like, everyone I know is going to go see it, regardless if... Yeah you know, the avid Star Wars fans or they've just, you know, seen them only once kind of thing. It's just the fact that it's a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I think um, there was a Reddit post the other day. It was like, if if The Force Awakens sells the same amount of tickets as The Phantom Menace did back in 99, well, was it 99 or 97? 99. 99. I always get, get confused. But um, if it was to sell the same amount of tickets as The Phantom Menace... That's easily six hundred million dollars domestic. Jesus. If it, like if they sell the same amount of tickets. But you got to think also put like put in perspective like Jurassic World doesn't have the marketing firepower that Disney has. Mm. No. That's that's the thing that makes like it, like I don't thi- like I don't know if it makes the one point five billion as quick as Jurassic World. Nor I think it it will it will make a billion. I it'll just, it'll it'll be yeah. quick. But the, yeah, like it ha- unless it's like somehow yeah I, I don't know but I know that the marketing firepower behind it like just Disney's going to ramp it up very quickly um which is which is good because I mean obviously more stuff for us to get but I mean even seeing like I saw the trailer that we had the t- trailer attached to Ant-Man not the newest one the the teaser yeah and it still sends chills down my spine just like the Spectre trailer eh, eh. um <laughs> But anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, so, a next uh, next episode, episode 33, we have Mission Impossible Rogue, Rogue Nation. Nation um, which In 3D. 
in no. 3D. Yeah, not watching 3D. <laughs> well, the things say 3D. I, I know, which is confusing because it, it's not. Because nothing else has said it's in 3D. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously we've got Fantastic Four and then we're working out uh, the kinks in the schedule over the next month. But anyway, so we're going to love you and leave you. Make sure you give us a like on Facebook, www.com, sla- uh, facebook.com sl- uh, slash, what is it? Uh, definitely not popcorn. Give us a like and rating on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bleaks or at uh, Tom the Wolverine, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, interact with us. Give us a shout if you've got any questions. Uh, shoot them our way and we can have some fun as well. Uh, but anyway, we're going to leave you. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Ciao.